0: Welcome, Welcome to the, the show. show. I'm Mikey. And it's your girl Zayday. We are two social justice warriors dedicated to dismantling systems of oppression through a black, black queer,
1: queer feminist, feminist lens. Feminist lens. Yes, this podcast will cover a variety of topics ranging from politics in our country to which new bop you can twerk to. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yup, and
0: while we're twerking, y'all can start following. Search Black to the Future on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
1: Join in the conversation. And don't forget to leave positive reviews for us on your stream platforms. Yes,
0: please leave positive reviews. With the reach of this podcast, we desire to change the world one
1: episode at a time. Yep, and I think it's time we get started, don't you think? Yep, let's get it. The, the past, past is gone, gone. the present, present is an adventure, is looks like it's time, time to go, go black back to the future. Cut a theme music. Uh, yeah. Oh. Dropping every Thursday on the hour of the twelve, yeah. Breaking all the curses, creating family wealth. Saving my community, my passion is your health. Yeah. Yes, I am a girl, but I do not yeah. Looking at the world through a feminist lens. Uh. Duh, bitter trash, no recycling bins. Yeah. Women are superior, we're gonna get our wins. Category clothes, the girls get their tins. Transphobic thoughts are shaky, they wobble. Homophobic creeps. Behind a bottle, LGBT, I'm pose yet a model. Black to the future, we stay popping bottles.
2: black to the sky, bright to the stars,
0: showing the world who we are. The past is gone, the present is out, let's go for show. Black to the future.
2: Okay,
1: hey everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Black to the Future podcast. We don't we don't have a soundboard. We might have a soundboard later. But we, we, we don't have one right now. So I am so excited, although that Mav is not here. Um we love him, of course, very dearly, but he's not can't be here with us today. But I do have someone else here with me because I don't want to talk to myself. <laughs> Although that doesn't stop me, but I have a lovely guest here, a really, really amazing, amazing friend, someone that I love so dearly, and they're going to be here and talk to us about what it means to have black hair, how to handle black hair, how do you do black hair, the magic and the prestige of black hair. Stylist, dancer, artist, designer, director, all the things, we have Matthew Riggs, I'm so happy we got you on, cause Matt been wanting to get on for a minute, y'all. Let's just be very clear.
3: Very much so. Very much so, the tea. Mm. Very much so. I've been so excited. I cannot. Tell you how happy I am to even be thought of. I'm, I'm so grateful to be considered.
1: <laughs> oh, we we was we was compiling a list at the beginning before we even started. Like, okay, he needs to be on one of the episodes. We don't know which one yet, but he needs to be on one. So, but you're gonna get your own special interview. So, can you tell the audience what is your pronouns and your orientation if you want to share that information?
3: Uh, my pronouns are he, him. Uh. Chicago born and raised, mm. my name is Matthew. I go by Val at the salon, shout out to Asha Salon Spa in Gold Coast and in Bucktown. Uh, I work for Aveda as well on the uh, Aveda texture team. Uh, I've been styling professionally for like three years now. I've been a good old kitchen beautician for maybe four years prior, so a total of like seven years styling. Um, I've done photo shoots, I've done editorial work. Uh, I work behind the chair. I work with the, the youth, the elderly, whatever color, whatever pronoun—it doesn't matter. You sit in my chair, you will be taken care of.
2: Yeah.
1: Not to mention a sickening model, by the way. Let's put that into the space. <laughs> I want to put that out there—a uh, sickening model. Like it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch you walk. I love it.
3: I love a good walk. Very uh, saucy Santana. <laughs> ah! Let me, let me, yeah. let me see
1: you walk, 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 walk. Okay. So, uh, all those accomplishments, all those things, and you remain so humble. (laughs) Too much ego kills your talent. If I could say anything to anyone in the world,
2: I feel like that's one thing that I hate the most is when you're this incredibly talented person, but you're
3: narcissistic, and you're also very, like, rude and just egotistical. Like, yes, you're an amazing person. Yes, you have this light in you. Yes, you have credentials, but so does everyone else. Mm. Like, too much ego just makes you look less less so Let, <laughs>
1: I I mean like at some point on some level you gotta be like you realize you that, you that bitch you like you that girl or like whatever however you want to classify yourself you are that you are that sick big. you are that bitch you are that girl you that nigga like whatever like you are that so I'm
3: just pop your collar. Yeah. Yes. just don't pop it too much
1: yes pop your collar oh that's oh what year was that oh my god (laughs) anyway I don't want to think about it um so I
2: would
3: never
1: I would never say anything about anyone's age at all no never (laughs) So, you know, we start every episode um, with how is your blackness? And since it's Pride Month, let's let's be very specific. What is your black queerness? Like, how are you feeling as a black queer person?
3: My blackness has been whew, um, mm. interesting. My blackness <laughs> has been very interesting. I'm learning that I'm surrounded by love. I'm surrounded mm-hmm. by people who have my genuine care and um my betterment and my interest they have those things they they take those things to heart I feel like my blackness is so full of joy my friends just got married um, had a beautiful party here for them um I got to see my babies and I got to see my family and just realizing that life is a little short and that you should take those moments and be more present mm. has been an incredible lesson um I'm usually a go, go, go person. So my blackness has been learning to relax and still get things done Um, in a way like the fine balance. That's what it, my blackness has been finding its balance and it has been beautiful. How's your blackness?
1: <laughs> well, first I want to say thank you for sharing that and shout out to Maria and Alvin and the baby. Yes. I am so excited that they got
2: married. Now they're a little happy family. Yeah, I, They're so they beautiful. So happy
3: they I love them so
2: much,,
1: mm, they are so beautiful but um i I'm happy that you are realizing things like me and me have been talking about like boundaries a lot on and off the episodes and stuff like that about boundaries and stuff, and so mm-hmm. setting up your own personal boundaries and making sure that you're protecting yourself and you're in this case of like this cocoon or whatever of mm-hmm. like protection and love and stuff like that is so important. And I think that you doing that and, and recognizing that is the step in the right direction that everybody needs to take. is like protect yourself and your energy because you only be here for a blip. Like in the grand scheme of things, you be here for a blip. So you might as well enjoy, you know, the time that you have at every turn because God only knows, unfortunately. But I'm happy to hear that you are prospering and, and comfortable and doing so well.
3: <laughs> in your blackness. Yes,
1: yes. Um, but me myself and I is that's exactly what it is <laughs> That's how my blackness is. <laughs> me myself and I is all I got in the end. That's what I found out. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice if there was a a nice. What's that TikTok trend? It's like, oh no, it would be a shame if like a six six tall light skin himbo just came and followed me home. That would just be terrible. <laughs> And if he happened to be a Pisces, that would be even better. And if he made good money and cared about people, that would be even better. I would love that. I
3: understood the pronouns. We would just really, yeah. <laughs> we would just really, that, that would be such, that would be the worst thing.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: the, oh, that, that, that would be, that would be, atrocious. be <laughs> atrocious. It would be
3: terrible.
1: Don't, 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 don't do any of those things that I just mentioned. <laughs> don't be I'm any confused.
3: of those. Uh, what was the name? of
2: Track with you fear. and it's like ah,
1: light skin boy with your Ah, Tom. Ah, sexy. Oh my you God! Scream all of the things you're afraid of. Me literally screaming, screaming you know. and crying. Ah, oh, I'm afraid of having money. Ah, oh, I'm afraid of being happy. <laughs> you know, and you look at like is he? Is you showing up? But no, I I think I'm doing really well. I'm ready for this summer. I am uh baxed. So I am ready to, but then the gag is like, I'm older now. So I'm like, do I really want to go outside with people? How much do I really like it's, people?
2: It's too people-y outside.
1: <laughs> y'all getting too comfortable. I want to go back to Miss Rona times, but like without the Miss Rona part. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's open everything, minus keep it like keeping people outside. Like, y'all don't have to do that. Y'all ain't like, gotta be outside. Just don't do that. <laughs> But anyway, um, thank you for asking how I'm feeling. But um, we are here to talk about you and your expertise about what it means to have black hair. Cause we already know there's a lot of drama and conflama. And so, of course, I wanna I wanna know your take on things and stuff like that, so we can get into that on this next segment. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so we are back, and um, today, of course, we're going to be talking about black hair. So, both Matt and I are black, so we know what it's like to have black hair. So, the first thing I want to kind of talk about is the experience that, like, black people have in this country with having the kind of hair texture and, and stuff that we do have. So, I don't know all the you know, the terminology and all that stuff. That's what you're here for <laughs> like, because I don't know all of it. So, you know, I know certain things, but I don't know all of it. So obviously, like in America, the idea of black hair in an, in its natural state, the way it naturally grows out of our heads, you know. It tends to be curly, bigger. It turns. It turns out to be like more full, kinkier. It's definitely stronger because all the coils and stuff like that. So, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't acceptable. If we want to talk about those, uh, the colonizers, <laughs> mm-hmm. they was they was gi- they was given very like. No, we don't. We don't like that. So wrap that shit up. So, you know, they would have mostly the black women like wrap and cover up their hair and stuff like that. But then they would have the men like shave all their hair off and stuff like that. So, you know, it was just air quotes thought about as being unpresentable or or not respectable I guess is the best way so it's just it was just deemed as like ugly hair so we're starting at that place and the and now we're in 2021 and it still almost kind of feel like black natural hair is still looked at as like oblong or ugly in certain situations like just the way it grows your hair and stuff so I wanted to know your taking your feelings about how it was before and how it feels now. I have to, I have to say that
2: like the hair journey overall, and like I've had my own personal hair journey. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: as a black boy, you're you're told just as much as any young black girl that your hair is a problem. It's too nappy. It's too hard to manage. It's um you it's too hard. It's just too much. It's too difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the moment you are born you're kind of you're told instantly that something's wrong with your hair as a black person as a black girl mm. especially um as a black boy you just get your hair cut I spent a good portion of my years just getting my hair cut uh, rocking the waves rocking the caesar uh my my dad uh was a barber so all throughout high school i got to be one of the freshest dudes because my hair was cut every week Come on. um and that that made all the difference for me as far as like my appearance because at that time i didn't love it and i looked like all the other boys at school mm-hmm. um it wasn't until i was getting into college that i explored the idea of growing my hair out and like even as a freshman i remember telling my friends I want to have long hair. I want to, like, Snoop Dogg uh, come from. I want the long press. I want the Andre 3000. Hey, y'all. Come on. special. <laughs> I wanted to, like, to just see my hair in its glory like that. And not knowing how fast hair grows or what it means to care for your hair. Of course, I didn't do any of that. But I did everything. I had the, the waves. I did the curls. I did the braids. Um, I even added like extensions. I was modeling, so mm-hmm. I had to wear extensions and do something to my hair because I had to be presentable. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into like the Marley twist and the yarn braids right before I started my lock journey because it was easier to manage. Mm-hmm. And it it gave me the feeling of what would it be like to have this kind of hairstyle before actually committing to it. So um, I know my hair journey personally was intense. And growing up with my sisters and my friends and young women, it's harder. You know, uh-huh. your hair is your vanity. You know, a woman is told is not even told she's beautiful unless her hair looks good half the time. Let's be so, clear. your hair becomes this major part of who you are as a person, as a woman. Uh-huh. Um, and you're told from jump that it's a problem and that it's too much. And that if you don't take care of it or if it doesn't look like a Caucasian or an
2: Indian or an Asian girl... Uh-huh that you're not beautiful, mm-hmm. that you're not special, that you're not worthy. So every girl
3: becomes a weevologist, <laughs>
2: you know? instantly. They want braids and they want
3: them be they want the poetic justice because that's when we first started seeing black women who had long hair and it was in a style that was cute and it was long just like all the other girls. So you saw started seeing those protective styles come out because we have to do something to our hair
2: to be accepted in society. Right. It's hard. It's very hard
3: and laws are made. Rules are made. Companies are literally telling a person that when they walk in as themselves, no matter what their credentials are, no matter how long they've gone to school, no matter how much work they put into this
2: particular subject, but simply because their hair
3: floats in the air, they're not worthy to work here.
1: (sighs) I no, I I love the fact that you just said that like your hair floats in the air and I think that a lot of people don't recognize that everything you said was like a gem like you just dropped like so many gems (laughs) on the way just to get to that statement but that was the one that got me like our hair floats in the air like when it grows up and out it grows up towards the sun and it's dark so it you know it's not doesn't get like damaged by the sun and stuff like that so We, like, it's in so many words, we're kind of basically built to be on this planet, to work with the sun and all that kind of stuff. Like, we're not supposed to be fighting with it and all this kind of shit. And I think it just goes to show, like, the media. So, you know, obviously, like, the media is going to reflect what it is. You know, we started off as in slavery, and then we moved into like, well, this is what we should, you know, people started modeling and taking pictures and all this kind of media came out and images. So it's like, of course, you see mostly white people in the imagery and their hair is always very smooth. It's thin. It's it's very light. It's very bouncy and all that kind of shit. And then it's like, what do we get to see? Hair wraps, hair wraps, hair wraps. And then, then we start to see a couple of things a couple of things. And so then I think the mixing of black and white people together, that's when the mm-hmm. hair stuff started to get interesting because obviously something that black people love to talk about is having air quotes good hair. As if you know, natural hair isn't good hair. Like if all hair, hair isn't is good hair. Term for right. And they'll be like you have good hair, but that would imply like again that if somebody has bad hair like I have strong, dense African, Nicarachi hair. Like, I know what my hair is giving. I know. And Matthew does my hair all the time. He's going to actually do my hair this weekend. So, you know, for one, I am sorry, because I know I'd be difficult as hell. But two, it's like, it doesn't have to feel difficult. And that's something I definitely want to stress about. And so, because we've, again, never seen ourselves being presented in certain kind of ways, as in up until as of late... We don't know what the possibilities were for our hair, so we just used to cover it up. But I will say, like, the amazing thing about our hair is because it's so durable and it's so strong, it would do things like people would draw, would create maps in people's hair. They would braid it, and they would create maps of, like, roads to freedom and stuff like that to get out of enslavement and stuff. So... I mean, it's not only just, like, a literal art form in a way to, like, make sure your hair stays more neat and stuff. Like, it was literally helping slaves escape to freedom. So, I think that's just, like, we are so intuitive, black people. Even as slaves, intuitive as fuck. And it it revolved around our hair. So, but again, I want to go back to the idea of, air quotes, having good hair. So, you know, when you see people who are mixed... And then so the white fusion and the black fusion kind of gets you this kinky, curly kind of hair that becomes manageable if you flat iron it or you put heat to it or whatever. And it's like, oh, look, now it looks nice. And air quotes, nice, of course, would be equivalent to that of a white person's hair or closer to that. So obviously it would take a lot more heat, which is not good for hair all the time, to put to put to someone who has like a thicker uh, hair texture or they have a, a stronger kinkier curl or whatever so it's like there's no such thing as good hair you know either hair just bad because you don't take care of it or it's good because you have it and you do take care of it so uh
3: yeah I, uh, as far as the term of good hair i know we all saw chris rocks um he did that special where he went around and he, he didn't know about his daughter's hair. So he took the time to um, delve into the world of hair and the hair industry and the weave industry. And why does my daughter want to weave this early? Like, what is it that's making my daughter not want to just wear her natural hair? And what does that mean? And good hair, I, I believe that's what it was called. Uh-huh. Um, and one of the funny parts was when he went in and he was asking them if they had imported African hair. Did they have imported hair uh-huh. that was kinky, curly um, ready to go, wefted, you know, just like anything else. And he, you know, of course he knew the answer. And they were just looking at him like he was crazy. Like, why would you ask me that of course not. Who would want that? That's kind of the mindset. Who would want that? Right. Good hair and bad hair has always been the society's way of determining manageability. Mm-hmm.
1: There so we go. That's it.
3: All hair is manageable. I can get through 4C hair. I can get to. 2A, 1A, 3A hair, I can get through a 3B, 4B, I can get through a 3C, 2B, C. It doesn't, manageability is can I work with this hair, can I do something with it. Uh Um, At my salon, we call it like um, a degree of coarseness, we don't want Uh a client to feel like oh your hair is nappy, yes your hair gets ready, Caucasian women's hair gets ratty. Let's be, hair gets ratty. Let's be very um, clear. And not it. Um, the point of the matter is that good hair
2: doesn't say, oh, well, your hair is fine or it's wavy or it's curly, so
3: it is therefore better than. Mm-hmm. That's a society thing. That's something that we create. Good hair simply means is your cuticle healthy? Are you managing it? Uh-huh. Does it have hydration? Is it performing the way that it should in its most natural state? That's good hair. Uh-huh. So if you have four C hair and she shrinks up like she's supposed to, you have good hair. Uh-huh. Now is it manageable? <laughs> I don't know, so it's, <laughs> it's, it, but it is good hair. Uh-huh. And I hate that um,
2: our sisters. Do believe that they have bad hair from the moment they
3: become aware of their hair and, and, and much into their um, adolescent and adulthood, they just believe they have bad hair, that no one can do anything with it, that it, they should just either shave it off or put a weave on it. No, that is a European standard that we just keep pressing upon our sisters over and over and over again. I love a good 30 inch weave just like the best of them, but I also love. Uh an updo mm-hmm. with a
2: fro, and I love braids,
3: and I love when I see a girl who is rocking her threes her four c hair and she's rocking it with every bit of confidence because she is still beautiful mm-hmm. um I think that we just have to get out of that mindset. Good hair and bad hair does not determine quality of hair it just it's just something we made up
1: i i uh Thank you for saying that. Little gems, gems, gems. Jim. This is this this is stuff that like little children need to know, especially little black girls. Especially little black girls who have 4C hair. So you were talking about these 4Cs and these numbers and stuff. So obviously I have four C hair. I am well aware. I have accepted it. It's my fate. I have strong, powerful hair. So obviously the smaller the, the number, the thinner the hair is, basically, right?
3: so you're working um, you're working from a 1 to 4 mm-hmm. and then A to C 1A being the straightest bleakest typically you're seeing like a, a European woman an Asian woman Korean woman mm-hmm. um it just has naturally straight hair. So that's one A. Um, and then you work from one A, one B and one C. Usually B's, um, categories goes into more
2: of like a wavier category
3: in that, um, coarseness. Uh, C is usually just the,
2: the most coarse in that group. Okay. So if you have one C hair, you have straight hair. It's
3: just coarser than a
2: one A girl. Okay. You have four A hair. Your hair is coily. It's curled. It has texture to it. um, which is just a little less dense and a little less um, coarse than a 4C girl. Okay. So 1A is your straightest hair, 4C
3: is your most dense, kinkiest, curliest hair that you can have. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen any girl beyond a 4C, so I guess we are, I, bet, I guess that's what we're doing with it. Mm-hmm. So you're working from a 1, 2, 3, 4... A B and C, yeah.
1: Okay, because I uh when I first started taking care of my hair and stuff like that, I didn't know any of these things and stuff. And I I also just want to recognize the fact again that all hair is beautiful if you take care of it the proper way. And so I also want to go a little bit further and just say how massage noir and we talked about that that word combination mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. It's just like the dislike of black women specifically. And so from the gate, you know, like when people are doing, um, what is it called? The gender reveal parties and people get frustrated and get upset when they're going to have a girl. I've, I've heard a lot of reasons as to why they don't want to have a girl. And this is one of them, particularly from black people. They don't want to have, a, they don't want to have a black girl cause they don't want to do her hair and they don't want to do. Even my mama said that, like, she was like, I don't want to have no girl. I don't want to do no hair. And then add insult to injury, of course. and you have menstruation cycles, but that's a whole totally different thing. But like, I don't want to do no hair. I don't want to do no hair. I don't want. And it's just like this is just such a negative impact on this on the psyche. It's just like, damn, am I ever gonna be beautiful? I'm never. And this is why, like, you know, Chris Rock's daughter's like, I want some flat, straight hair so I could just push through and be through with this because I'm tired of having to let people look at me and talk about how my hair looks and all this kind of stuff. And I think we're just now getting to a place where we're really genuinely learning how to take care of black hair and stuff like that so i I wanna go um a a wee bit further, and so I wanted to talk about some the idea of how the um like like how how braids and how weaves and things. Um, I ended up being this, this, this concept that black women, particularly, we, we tend to fall back on in, in an effort to protect our hair and stuff like that. So I wanted to talk a little bit about protective styles because obviously wearing our natural hair out and not knowing how to properly care for it can be damaging. So I want to talk about the protective styles. So like. The 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 weaves, the sew ins, the the box braids, the crochets, all them. So, can you talk about the protective styles for black hair? Well, yeah. Um, all protective styles, of course,
3: originated from our homeland, where princesses, queens wanted to be presentable. Any woman in the world wants to look more beautiful than she already is, right? Period. Um, and like you said, most people don't want a daughter because they don't want to do their hair because most mothers weren't taught to do their own hair. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a girl come into this world and have to deal with the same struggles that I had to deal with growing up, which was I wasn't properly taught how to care for my hair and any hair care that I was taught was to be more european mm-hmm. Um Hot combs. We are, t'was the, twas the Saturday night before <laughs> Easter Sunday. about it where the girls
2: were getting burnt
3: up um, burnt up
2: just you know and just having a horrible experience when it came to the actual care of their
3: hair and that was the information that was passed down from grandmother to mother and so on where this is what
2: you did to look presentable and look good because when you did this you got all of these compliments Mm, mm -hmm. so protective styles came in because one that was how you handled our hair. We have very durable hair. Mm-hmm. Our hair
3: can last um, in braids and in these twists and in these
2: styles. Twisting
3: and braiding and style is something that comes from a more indigenous tribal culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we know where we come from, you know where our home is, so that that, that was a thing. Mm-hmm. To braid your hair up and be presentable. I mean, a fro is beautiful as well, but sometimes you do want to switch your look up. Mm-hmm. Right? So, protective styles come in to help a girl be her most beautiful Take care of her hair, mm-hmm. not damage it with heat and chemicals, and so on, and still have a beautiful style that lasts. And that's another thing: our hair reverts back to its natural state so quickly for any reason, under any condition, humidity,
1: and <laughs> so on. Someone breathed out there.
3: Snap it back. <laughs> <laughs> it snaps back, baby. That's the shrinkage is real. That's literally a, like an old Negro spiritual now. The shrinkage is real. Okay. We'll say that All the time. So having these protective styles allow you to feel beautiful and have a style that lasts you for at least more than a week, sometimes two weeks and even a month, Mm -hmm. um, depending on the style. Um, Braids, of course, uh, individual braids. Um, What's popular now is the knotless look, you know, just individual knotless braids Mm -hmm. that allows the girl to have long, flowy hair and feel cute and her hair that will last her if she takes care
2: of it. Minimum two months. Um, mm-hmm. uh, never more than two. You want you need to wash your hair. You have to take care of your hair. Um, but most girls are usually wearing it for like a month. Mm-hmm. A whole
3: month. I'm not having to fuss every morning with your hair. It's golden for any woman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Baby. Uh, other styles include like um
3: like your they call them plaits or cornrows mm-hmm. where you get hair added as well. And again, you just get to be cool. It's for the culture. You get to look good. It protects your hair. That's usually like a two-week style. You can never really go longer than two weeks before you need to just get your braids redone. Mm-hmm. honestly. Of course, sew-ins are a staple. Okay. We saw that happening in the early 2000s.
1: Early 2000s. <laughs> the
3: sew-ins started coming in. And sew-ins have been around since the 80s. Mm-hmm. However, it was a hush-hush thing. You know, girl, this is all my real hair. Ain't nobody wearing no weed. Right. You know...
1: Um, and lift her up. There's some tracks, honey.
3: That they, yes, but the girls were throwing tracks in, getting sewings so in, well, long time ago to, to get that look. And that brought us into more of that European beauty right. standard. Where now I can get this long, straight hair that's easy to manage. That's
2: quote, unquote, good hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and
3: I can wear this style and I can look like the caucasian girls i see on tv mm-hmm. i can look like even some of the rich african-american women that i see on tv who have straight hair all the time mm-hmm. and are getting are, are just heat damaging their hair every week um i can see i can now attain that look which is the
2: simple sewing and the sewing will last you a month or two mm-hmm. so you get to look like that girl for
1: two months i
2: love it. Um, other uh, protective
3: styles typically are like ponytails, the hard styles. Y'all remember in the 90s, all the
2: girls were hard yeah! styles. Those are protective styles in their way as well. The waterfalls, the hard swoops, the half up,
3: half downs. Any style where your hair has to be molded is technically a hard style. Mm-hmm. And that does keep your hair manageable. And it keeps it in this set style for maybe a week or two, depending on the style. That was another protective style that girls started to love because it was so for the culture. It was, I get to look like myself. This is my my hair. It's my hair. I'm not, like, doing too much to it. You see the waves. You see that hard style. But, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I got a little, I got some crimps in the back, or I got a ponytail that's making me feel cute. Um, And, and that's where all of that comes from. It's just kind of chemical-less. Oh, God. chemical and, like, um options mm-hmm. to allow me to look my best up and keep my hair protected because one of the things that were also taught us African-Americans is that our hair doesn't get long that we right. have to care for it in this extra special way because if we don't it's just going to constantly break off so
2: the European beauty standard is that
3: the, the white girls they have long hair mm-hmm. Asian girls have long hair Mexican women have long hair and many not to bash. <laughs> Not to I was in, coming back I to him. Responded to the girl with the longest hair in the room
2: mm, first. Mm-hmm.
3: So our sisters have been hurt by that
2: mindset that I don't, I won't compete with this woman because my hair isn't as long as hers. Right.
3: So protective cells came in for that as well. I need to make sure I take good care of my hair, but I still want to look my best. But I want long, healthy hair. Even if it is coarse,
1: even if mm-hmm. it is 4C, uh, I want it long. <laughs> I, and I, and I, I appreciate you dropping all these different styles. You talk about the 90s one. That really got me together because I could see the yeah. Crips and shit. I'm just like, oh, my God, my mama had all of them. You, <laughs> you know, the, with the auntie with the bang, and it was just like, ooh, stop. <laughs> Your house didn't
3: smell like
1: spritz. And hot irons
3: baby. on a Friday, Saturday night, and you see your mama walk outside with some waterfalls and a side scoop,
1: Then you just weren't living life. You were. <laughs> you was not doing it like, like Matt said. Like the the Saturday night before Easter, the the hot combs are hot combing. The every, everyone getting their hair done and stuff is a big
3: the mess. The murrays is <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> The beeswax is out, baby. By, the by pressing their hair down.
1: Saturday night before this Easter Sunday. Hello. And
3: whole I... And, neighborhood smells like hot irons.
1: And, and, I, <laughs> and I want people to recognize the fact that Black women, particularly... We're going to talk about men's hair a little bit, but a lot of this has to focus around uh, Black women and their hair because, again... The we train women unintentionally or intentionally in some cases to look presentable to be the most in this and this and this. And looking feminine is associated with typically having longer hair. And if you have 4C hair like me, you're not going to have long, flowy, wavy, uh, you know, Disney princess hair, it's not going to give that. So, you go through the effort of getting this hair and you may install it, whether it be a sew in, or you may sit for eight hours. Yes. People sit for hours. They dedicate an entire day to get their hair snatched on. And they doing it so they can do it for themselves. Not for nobody else. I want to make sure that's very clear. They are doing it for themselves. And so I think another important thing to kind of think about is the sheer fact that we're going through all these things just to uplift and support ourselves. We can't just wear our natural hair. And so, again, nothing's wrong with the natural hair. It's just we're doing all this. So, be- before we switch over to the natural hair stuff, I, I do want to quickly talk about perming the hair. Perming the hair. Perming? Oh, Lord. Perming. Uh-huh. So, you remember what was happening and you know, those 90s when the perm was starting to become, or like maybe like the late 80s and the 90s, the perm. So, can you talk about the perm a little bit before we go to natural so- hair?
2: The perm.
3: Um, I'm not gonna get into beauty school terminology a uh, perm, um, or relaxer as most people know they're actually two different things. So like Caucasian women get perms. Perms actually um, break the bonds and and re- bond, uh, rebuild them to help you achieve an actual kind of curl. Relaxers are what African American women were getting to pull the curl and the coarseness out of their hair.
0: Huh. Mm-hmm.
3: Um a lot of the women who got relaxers and things like that were women who just felt felt like my um my uh my hair is too coarse. I can't manage it. I can't deal with all of the other things that were going on. I can't deal with um the the manageability of it. I can't deal with it, so I just gotta get it out. It's damaging in its way. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's useful if you use it right. It's no different than any other chemical in the world that you use. If you use it properly, it's the best thing you've ever used. But come on, we've had women who've been told for years that their hair is too coarse and it's terrible. So, of course, they find this product that takes that out. So what do they do? I want it every other week. Right. I want it every other month. I want my hair to be sleek and beautiful and great and so on and so forth. And where I don't hate relaxes, I feel like for most extreme cases... It can be an option. Um, I do feel like we just it's kind of like a drug. You can get addicted to it, and it can be so damaging for you and your hair and your body at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but relaxers became a major thing, especially in the 80s, because you were ragged on. You were talked about if you had nappy hair right you were you know you know if your hair just wasn't pretty and if it wasn't this european standard the boys didn't want you the girls talked about you so you were quick to jump and get this relaxing. you were quick to let your mom they say perm but it's not a perm but perm your hair Mm -hmm. to um to achieve this look and to be this pretty girl and to have this sleek manageable hair um but it's very damaging i like the amount of clients I've had that have come in that have relaxers that have damaged their hair and they're crying because they have to do these big chops has been incredible. Like, there are so many clients that are even using it the right way, you know, getting them every few months and hydrating their hair and doing conditioning treatments and so on and so forth. And they're still dealing with a lot of damage because it's just it's pretty much the acid that you're putting on your hair. Right. To uh
1: to straighten it. <laughs> that's what you're dealing with. Right. And I and that's just and like you said, it's an all an effort to get nice, flat, pretty, straight hair and stuff like that. So again, jumping through all these loops, jumping through all these hoops and doing all these extra stunts and shows just so you won't have to struggle. And it's all because somebody told your hair was not good or it's not pretty and all that kind of stuff. So there's lots of stuff to talk about, even the more so. So I want to talk about natural hair next. So let's take a small break. Okay, Okay. so we are back and we are going to continue this conversation. Um, I wanted to move into the topic of natural hair. So, again, we, we've really discussed different parts of it, like doing different protective hairstyles and things like that. Why people, black women specifically... But black people as a whole finding out that their hair isn't something that's really ugly and grotesque and unattractive or unappealing or unprofessional. Like our natural hair grows out in these big curly patterns and stuff and kinky curls and stuff. So we have to learn how to manage and control it since now we have like this natural hair movement. So... I'm all for it but natural hair for us is is to me high maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> you see cuz everybody know like you see me I'm either wearing braids some kind of crochet some kind of install something. I'm protective of this because getting up and brushing and and all that kind of stuff I'd be like Jesus this is not for me. It look like it's just like my bathroom is just shedding all the time. I do not like it. So it's not for me. But, you know, I want to know your opinion on, like, this natural hair movement. So, all the different styles and stuff.
3: Oh, um, I love the natural hair movement, by the way. Shout out to all the naturalistas and naturalists in the world. Um, I love that people are seeing their natural selves and saying that's beautiful. Mm. That we need more of that in the world. And to the people who started that um I, it started a lot right after like the wave of like the relaxer thing I think that like a few years after the relaxer thing was a thing I remember like in the early like almost in the early 2000s good god I'm dating myself but like the um <laughs> like the teens of the 2000s like the 2012s and the 2013s mm-hmm. I started seeing more girls that were so tired the hair breaking off They were tired of the damage that was uh, being caused from all of the chemical processes. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were like, I'm sick of this. I want to do this. And I started seeing the uh, protective styles and the natural styles start to come in a little bit around that time Mm -hmm. because women just got tired of, you know, their hair just not being at its best, at its strongest. And it's like, I do want long hair and I do want great, luscious hair and I do want this gorgeous hair, but I want it to be healthy. I want Mm -hmm. it to be worth something. Right. So when that natural hair movement came in and coconut uh, oil sales went through the roof. yeah. <laughs> you started seeing like more mango butters and everyone's talking about avocado oil and um I think it's Jehovah oil and grapeseed oil, mm. all of these tea different tree oil mm-hmm. that the girls are using now to just um hydrate and moisturize their tresses, there's, uh-huh. there's a difference between
2: hydration and moisturization. Ooh. Um, but just doing all of these things to to make sure that they have the healthiest,
3: natural, strongest hair that they have. I'm like, yes.
2: I Clapping. Drake clap. Yes. Do that. <laughs> Do all of that.
3: Nourish your own hair. Mm-hmm. I'm all for a look. I'm all for a fantasy. I'm all for a... I love a sewing, by the way. I love a sewing. I love a nasty wig. Mm-hmm. I love that styling. However if I see a queen and she has
2: a braid crown and she
3: has a fro out to the heavens, I ain't going to gas her until I go home. And then if I stalk her on Instagram, I'm going to gas on there too. Like, Give her I'm her flowers. Natural beauty. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, like, I'm 100% for, again, to all the naturalists, to all the natural hair influencers out there. Um, my friend Jesse, she's a amazing natural hair influencer. Check her out. She's on YouTube. Um, she's amazing. She's rocking her natural curls. And you see her, even with her installs they still look natural Mm -hmm. and they're natural curls and there's wavy hair and you're seeing her enjoy how beautiful she looks in her in her most natural state and that's what all of our sisters need Mm -hmm. is to know that they're gorgeous in that as well yes get the weaves get the bobs do that our culture is so
2: multifaceted in that way Mm -hmm. do that however remind yourself that when you take all of that
1: off you are still just as beautiful as when you put it on Ooh, that part. That part. And I think um, I think that's beautiful to be said because sometimes when you take all your stuff out your hair and you wash it and you look at it, I know me when I come out the shower after taking all my hair down and washing it and getting it where I want it to be, I'll be like, damn. Okay. Damn. Okay. And that okay is literally me trying to rationalize the fact that I'm I'm just as beautiful with or without all the extras in my hair without it being a protective style or if it's a a wig or whatever the case may be. I'm just as beautiful. So that me saying, okay, while looking at myself in the mirror, I know like other girls do that, like trying to find that comfort, like, okay, this is fine. You okay. You're fine. You're okay. And stuff. So I appreciate you saying that. I do think it, like you mentioned, all these oils and all this other kind of stuff. So I know it's a lot of, it can be a lot of work if you don't know what you're doing or if you haven't been trained, which a lot of um black women have not been trained on how to properly handle their natural hair. So what kind of products and stuff should uh, the girls be using for their like, natural hair? Um,
3: the main thing
2: is to hydrate, which is to impart water mm-hmm. in your hair. We are made up of uh, the majority
3: of water. Our body runs on water. Hydration is a major, major staple in hair care and health. Mm -hmm. Um, Moisturizing is a butter thing. That's where the oils come in. Mm -hmm. So you want to hydrate your hair first and then seal it with an oil. You want to hydrate your hair with something that has water in it and can impart that moisture balance. And then you want to take something like uh, argan oil. Mm. that popular one your grapeseed oil my favorite or even like a simple coconut oil which can be very heavy so be mindful of your hair type but you want to take those oils and then use those butters to seal that moisture in Mm -hmm. so that the elements the sun things that would naturally evaporate water doesn't leave your hair Mm. that's where manageability comes in is when your hair is hydrated um Mm. That can be a multitude. There's
2: a thousand products. Um, hair care and beauty is running the world.
3: Yes, so there's a thousand products. Um, I work for an Aveda company, so I, of course I would push my products because I use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I study them, and I'm I'm playing with you know different textures and in, in, in relation to the the products that I'm using. So yeah, it's easier for me to say, well, use this Aveda so and so and so. It's great for your hair, but everyone's not going to pay for Aveda. Let's be honest, right? So, go to your local beauty supplies, ask your beauticians that this is our job. It's our job to educate you all. It's not just to do your hair and take your money. If you have questions, go to your local um, beautician and say, hey, I want to know what can I do to keep my hair more moisturized, or... More hydrated. Uh I want to know how to keep, how to train my texture. That's another thing. A lot of girls don't know that when you have a high density or if you have like a tight coil, you have to train your hair to start getting it to be as manageable as it is for other girls. And sadly, it's not fair. Everyone doesn't have easily
2: manageable (laughs) hair
3: unfortunately that's not a thing so yes some of us just call me out of right
1: right right hand and i think that that starts with your relationship with your if you don't have that kind of
2: relationship with your beautician you need a new a new beautician i'm sorry Mm, mm. your stylist should be able to not only style you and make you look good but teach you what you need to do at home so that we can both keep you looking good consistently Mm -hmm. um so I know like with you personally,
3: I like to tell you stuff that I'm doing and I like to tell you what I'm using in your hair. I like to give you samples. I like to give you something so that you can manage that stuff at home and when you're not with me mm-hmm. because a protective style will last you a month, but then you're going to take that down. I might not see you for another month. Mm-hmm. So two months, you have to figure that out on your own, you know? Ooh, and it um, be late. <laughs> So, you know, you want to make sure that I'm leaving you not only feeling beautiful, but informed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I think that. That's important. Yeah, I think the relationship with the beautician is very important. So like even um men in like beauty sh in like uh barber shops, like it's mm. it's very important for you to go out there and find someone who's going to do your hair the best way possible that looks best on you. But they're also like Matthew's saying, it's just like they're going to show you how to take care of your hair as well. It's not just about like I'm gonna sit in your chair for a few hours. And then I'm just gonna be on my way, and whatever happened happened. Like that's not the case. You have to learn how to do these things, and your beautician should be assisting you and helping you. And mm-hmm. you know, if you, once you find one, y'all have a good relationship, please hold on to them as long that's as you your can. Good for life. That's gonna be your good Judy, and you know, you know, you want to be able to have good camaraderie because they, you know, these are the crowns we wear on our heads. And so when someone is, um, adjusting your crown, when you're going in for a a upgrade or a boost or a, or a polish on your, on your crown, you need to have someone who know what they doing, who gonna have the same care that they have. Like, it's very important. So I know when men going to, yes,
3: not to interrupt, I'm sorry, but you need to know that it's your crown. Mm -hmm. You need to know how to handle your crown, um i'm not saying go to beauty school i'm not saying that you have to be your own stylist however just it's kind of like going to the doctor you go to the doctor and you ask the doctor what prescriptions you're taking and what's going on with your body mm. and you you need to know that so that you can operate It's a, your hair is a part of you it's the same thing i need to know what my hair is doing um i also say go to your doctor a lot of what happens to your hair is internal mm. So, go to your doctor, get those checkups, see if there's something going on with your thyroid, especially with women. Thyroid issues with women instantly give you hair loss and dry and brittle. Like, your uh-huh. hair literally would just go fun house mirror on you. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll not understand why, because you'll say, I am doing those things. I am going to see my beautician. I am caring for my hair. I am deep conditioning it every week. Uh-huh. And you're like, okay, but if you're still having these issues, then... There may be some underlying things that you have missed because you have been seeing your doctor regularly. Mm. Um, check your prescriptions. Every prescription, I, you hear those very quick disclaimers <laughs> go past. And almost every time in those disclaimers, hair loss is one of them. Mm. Um, and if you don't lose your hair, it uh, suddenly does change it. Mm-hmm. So just be mindful of everything you do. Even if you drink a lot, even if you're a smoker, that can uh. affect how your hair. Um, behaves. Uh-huh. So it's just something to consider um, when going to a beautician and thinking about hair care in a in a more in-depth way. You have to think about all of the um, variables. Uh-huh. It's not just the products you're using and the frequency of how often you're getting your hair
2: done. It's literally what you're ingesting, who you're around, uh-huh.
3: the stress level, stress. You know, your environment. All of those things can go into what's going on with your body and its chemistry. So just i i I stress that to all of my clients i'm here i stressing it to
2: you as well Mm -hmm. please make sure you're going to see your doctor please make sure you're making sure your body internally is functioning properly because that plays a huge part your hair kind of tells you something's wrong Mm -hmm. really you know deficiencies things like that simply from that alone so if you're noticing a change in your hair even with the same
3: consistent care you've been giving it Mm -hmm. then it might be time to visit your physician
1: Okay. Okay. Hello. (laughs) Okay. Y'all heard that. Please take care of your hair. It's your crown. You have to protect it. And you know, nothing wrong. Like, if you want to chop all your hair off and be bald, there are sickening bald women out there. Whether, you know, I'm just saying. Like, so I know that's not for me ever since I saw Sailor Moon. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta have the bundles, baby. I have to have the inches. I need it to hit the floor and I need no one to step on it. Like, I need that. So... Speaking of protection and crowns, <laughs> obviously, it's been um quite a debacle on the social medias and, and Black Twitter and stuff about Black women, particularly, wearing bonnets in public places. And yes. so there's been lots of discourse around it, and it's interesting So I want to first let me say is that the idea of wearing a bonnet in general is to protect your hair. Mm -hmm. And from what we've come to understand just from this episode alone, a lot of us really don't know how to do hair like that. Mm -hmm. So we wear these bonnets in order to protect our hair when we're sleeping when we are um, going places, so it won't be exposed to all the elements. And let's not forget, when we are um, going to get our hair done, this can cost upwards of hundreds of dollars. And then the maintenance, the care, the hours you spend in the chair, you want to protect it. You you don't invest all this money in it. it. It You you, you want to protect it. So if you wear a bonnet, it's in, it's in order to protect it. Now... If you decide you want to protect it and not do it when you run into a store or if you're going to the airport and the airport one is very specific because Monique, of course, had something to say about we have to make sure that you always look presentable, always look um like you always done up and stuff like that. But in real life, who the fuck is going to be looking <laughs> like they like, they go into the Grammys every single fucking day. Like, that's a lot of work, a lot of effort. I just want to go to the store right quick. Let's just punch it. And no one needs to be talking to me about my hair. Like, it's not crucial. As as it pertains to, like, going to the airport, most of the time, if we're wearing a bonnet at the airport, it's because, one, we just got our hair done the day before, and so we want to protect it as we go on the airplane. You don't want to lean back on it and fuck it up and shit like that. Or you or you may, uh, or if you just woke up and you're coming back from home or you're coming back home on the airplane again, you don't want to fuck up your hair. It's an investment. This is my vacation hair. This is my birthday look. So the bonnet idea is like, the it's about looking presentable and respectable, air quotes. And it's like, the question now becomes, who am I looking respectable for? So, I wanted to know what your thoughts was about the bonnets and stuff like that, particularly as is it in public and stuff.
3: Um, I sincerely, and I know I'm going to get ripped to shreds for this, I hate the bonnet in public
2: thing. Um, I come from a family of people who, do, who believe in looking your best when you leave the house. Mm-hmm. And...
3: and I don't mean that you have to be Grammy ready. No, that's completely unrealistic. But you don't spend all of your money on the newest shoes, fashion over fits, you don't <laughs> spend hundreds of dollars on your hair for you not to be seen. Uh-huh. So if I step outside my door, no, I'm not looking like I'm about to hang out with Michael B. Jordan and Drake. However, I am going to make sure I left the house and my teeth are, is brushed, my hair is combed, and I am dressed and I'm prepared to step outside my door. Uh-huh. I... Look at the bonnet thing as, like, kind of lazy. You just didn't feel like dealing with it. So you just threw the bonnet on, you did your one, two, three, and you left the house. Monique's perspective
2: of it, I think, comes from just an older ideal. Uh There was a time where you did not leave your house
3: unless you were dressed to the nines. Uh And I feel like her generation and also who she was raised by, that is a thing for them. And it just, you know, it just carries on. Times are different. The girls don't care I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I don't care what anyone has to say about what I'm wearing. It's not really for them.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: again, you are just only going to Jewel. You are <laughs> you are just only going to a grocery store, a Walmart. I don't I, I don't feel that I need to be Uber Uber dressed up or or even done up in any regard to just go do these little errands and then mind my business. When it's time for me to get there, I'll get there. Mm-hmm. So I understand that side of it as well. I think it's just a preference thing. I think it's a personal thing. If you're asking me, I don't I don't love it. I just think they like, come on, girl. You can even if your hair was in a basic ponytail, uh-huh. you don't need to wear a bonnet outside. That is a sleepwear thing. It is designed to protect your hair while you are sleeping, not <laughs> while you are going to Walmart. What wind or tornado is going to mess up your braids while you're in Walmart? Uh-huh. You can wear this ponytail. You can wear your hair out and just be okay. And you don't have to get dressed up. I didn't say you had to put on a dress. I didn't say you had to put on your fashionable Fit. Rock your jogging pants. Rock your Crocs. Rock your tank top. But I
2: just think that the bonnet thing is just like, it's kind of like wearing your underwear in public. <laughs> it's mm. like, why
3: are you out here in your bonnet, in your pajamas, and you at Walmart? Like, girl, you could have on some shorts and a shirt. And took your bonnet off. You didn't have to do your hair even. You could have walked outside with a fro. Uh-huh. Because fro's are just as beautiful as anything else. Your your hair, if, if you're wearing a bonnet, I, I automatically assume your hair is done, actually. Uh-huh. So I'm like, your hair is done. Just take the dang old bonnet off. And if your hair isn't done, and if you have this mindset of, who, looking at me anyway, then why do you care to, enough to wear a bonnet?
2: Uh-huh. If you
3: don't care, you know, if you don't care about how you look right now, then rock your bed hair and go to the store (laughs) but you just I just feel like you're walking around in your pajamas and it just seems a little silly to me Mm -hmm. so that's why I'm like I don't live for it but again I'm on my business so ladies you want to wear your body in the public do what you do you grow but I do just think that it's kind of silly a little lazy and just a little unnecessary as well like come on
1: I I I see. There's there's definitely good points in there, and I I think it's about a certain level of balance in the situation. You know, there there there. I think there has to be balance, and so I think Monique's point about looking presentable and respectable is great. I think that you should do that when you of course you go into job interviews and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure Michelle Obama had that bonnet on but <laughs> before she stepped out for the inauguration and then or that rap. and I'm sure Miss Thing swooped that shit off and she got that little comb out and did that little one, two, three, gave Barack that rap and said, Don't let nobody see that fucking rap. And then they punched it. So I I don't think that wearing a bonnet in public is bad, like, if you, if, if somebody wants to do that, then they can do it, like, it don't bother me, because I'm just, like, you just being comfortable. I don't. I don't fault nobody for that. I think that we're just in the in the we're see the problem with with millennials is that we're kind of cr- we're caught we're caught at this cross intersection where we're our parents we're are Monique's age and they like if you stepping out this house you're gonna look beat every time you step out this house because you have to look respectable towards people who may judge you and of course those people are going to be inherently white because they don't know nothing about black hair and that kind of stuff. So I think there's that. I think we caught between this idea of I always have to look presentable because my parents told me how I need to be looking a certain kind of way when I show up. Don't be embarrassing me in front of these people. Mm -hmm. But then if I don't do my hair and let's say it hasn't been, I haven't had it done. Just say I just woke up and I haven't had it done. Then, you know, the natural hair on top of my hair could be feeling like this ain't good enough to present to the world. So I'm going to cover it up. So it's like you kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's like not really a good winning middle section for us to win in that situation. Because on one side, of course, it's like I want to look my best all the time. And then on the other side is I don't give a fuck what people think about me but well i feel like we just caught in the middle and i particularly as black women i just be thinking this is why i like protective braids and hairstyles and stuff like that because it's basically gonna stay that way but you know i i rarely ever do like wigs and sew-ins and stuff like that i do it every so often but i know like once it kind of get messed up and you did not have time or you want to run to the store or whatever just punch it do whatever fits the best for you whatever makes you feel so comfortable it mm-hmm. it's just the it's just the uh uh the amount of dissertations that are happening around like whether it's acceptable or not and all that kind of stuff. I'm just like y'all are really upset about this <laughs> when it has not be heard, right? I
3: think we all want our opinions to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um for some people they wanna be the most correct in the room. So yeah, you're gonna hear a lot. Um are a huge cultural thing for us. Mm-hmm. Um like you said, a lot of other a lot of non- you know non black people. Mm-hmm. They don't understand our hair, so they don't really understand why we why our sisters do it at all. Right. Um and like even in our community we do understand it. So you just you do have some people on one side of the coin that's like it's wrong, it's wrong
2: and the other side of the coin that's like girl shut up. It's fine. Right. Um and like you said for a lot
3: of millennials, especially a lot of African American millennials, we are caught right in the middle of understanding where it comes from to say you need to be presentable at all times.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um we can talk about the psychology of blackness <laughs> and why our parents were so intent on their children looking their best, mm-hmm. what they what society did to us and how we had to be better at all times. We had to always mm-hmm. look away at all times. We had to always present ourselves in the best light because if we were already seen in the worst. Right. Um, so yeah. You made sure your children's hair was done. And in that generation, everyone always left the house dressed to the nines Right. Because you had to appear just as good or if not better than your neighbors.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and you couldn't let the culture down as well. You couldn't uh, be a bad representation of our people because we were already so downtrodden
2: mm-hmm. as a people.
3: So, yeah, I get that part of it. I get that. That's why now... You get a lot of like your parents like Ooh, girl, you ain't calm your head you go to a family reunion right they quick to call you fat they're quick to talk about Ooh. you because you have to look your best at all times baby when and otherwise and then our generation that came into the world and that was like you don't define me right you don't your judgments don't matter to me um i'm myself i'm this person everyone's different everyone you know is mm-hmm. this, we're on a blue rock <laughs> in, the
1: in the middle of, the of, middle of nowhere day. why is this so important it's not matter to the next girl so I'm going to rock this bonnet because it is, not,
3: it is not causing global warming so you can mind your business you know and like that just ideal of like it's not that big of a deal
2: mm-hmm.
3: um and just you can see how like you said there are good points to both sides mm-hmm. I guess you just got to find your your uh, opinion or whatever in the middle of it all which is look do you rock with it or don't you like I said I don't I'm not persecuting a girl if I see her with the bonnet, but if you're asking me, I am gonna say yeah, I don't live. I don't, I don't think it's cute. Yeah, that's really all it is. I just don't think it's cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I and I think the most important thing is like how much does this, how much gravity does this really have on any situation yes. happen <laughs> at any point in time? Like if like unless you' gonna stop and say, girl, where you get that bonnet from? It's cute. Like unless you' gonna do that, then. <laughs> what's 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 happening so because you
3: know what's happening now is that now the bonnets are decorated for example i have a good girlfriend we're anime nerds she has an anime bonnet and she's like i'm wearing it probably because it needs to be seen because it's for the culture period you know and as much as i want to tell her like girl that's not cute and i have at the end of the day the bonnet is cute yeah. <laughs> you know so it's like well i get why you're wearing it that way because now it's a
2: statement. Now you're wearing it as a hat, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that
3: people, I think we're highly opinionated over very small things. Um, I will say that. Um, <laughs> for no
1: damn reason.
3: When it comes to vanity and hair, you're caught between, do I do this for myself or do I do it for the girls? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that conversation will always be, do I care about people's opinions or don't?
1: Right. And I, yeah. think, and I think the foundation, the whole center of the whole focal point of the bonnet conversation or your hair in general, do what you want with your hair that makes you feel the most empowered and comfortable and whatever that may show up for you. So if you feel like you want to get a wig and switch her up every two weeks because you want a different style and you want her to look sickening um, or whatever, then do what you need to do to make that happen. Find someone who's going to help you take care of your hair, who's going to help install it, do that. If you want to be completely bald and shave her entirely off and you don't want to deal with it at all, do that. Just make sure you have someone who there can help take care of it, how to moisturize and do whatever needs to be done. Your hair is your crown and you should do your absolute best to take care of it. So if that means you wear a bonnet in public and you feel comfortable doing that and that's your prerogative, then do that. If it's not, then don't do that. Whatever you do, just make sure you take care of your hair. That's the most important thing. It's precious, it's powerful, it flies, it goes, it floats up to the sun, it's powerful, particularly if you have stronger, denser hair. Just make sure you do that. That's the whole crux of it. And as long as you are power um believing in yourself and loving on yourself for how your hair looks, that's the most important thing. So um okay. I I <laughs> Well, I think that's going to be the end of our episode about black hair. I'm sure there'll be more comments and people going to flood your inbox and just <laughs> like, can you do it now? Because I tag you every time just like... <laughs> I'm like, this is not my work. I did not do this. So, and you know, when I used to work like in retail and shit, people would come up to me and be like, who did your hair? Who did your hair? And I would be like, hey, go to number. You know, you can go ahead and go ahead and do it. And then of course, they'd be like, how much they charge you? I'd be like, uh, I'm not going to tell you. Just go ahead and do what you're going to do because it's one of my best friends. Like they're going to give you a different rate. I'm sure. Maybe. I don't know. So I ain't going to tell you how much I paid to get my hair done. So But um
3: always ask the question of price, but never get the same style. It's like, well, of course you're not gonna know the price because you wanna sew in, honey, I got braids in my head. Yeah. (laughs) It'd be
1: very different. So if people did wanna contact you and get your um get their hair done up by you, you and you all your all your magic. So where can they find you? What salons you be at, all that stuff.
3: Oh, Lord. Okay, so I work at two salons for the same company. So Asha Salon Spa, Salveda Salon in um, in Chicago. One is in the Gold Coast area. The other one is in Bucktown. So if you search Asha Salon Spa and you look for either the Gold Coast location or Bucktown, you will find um, the information there. I'm sorry, I'm terrible. I don't have the numbers memorized. But um, Asha Salon Spa, I'm, I'm there pretty much the entire throughout the entire week. Um stylists don't style on Monday, so you won't see me then. But pretty much Sunday and like Tuesday through Saturday I'm available. Um I am on Instagram, Valkyrie Vibes, V A L K Y R I E V Y V E Z Vibes. Um if you have any questions, I I take any DMs from anyone about any hair question. I can refer you to some great braiders, some great stylists. So if I'm not the one for you, I can find someone for you. Uh, I also am on Facebook, Matthew Rex. You can find me. Uh, And I'm I'm a very, very easygoing person. So if you just have questions, if you're just wanting to know about pricing, please, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Please ask me. I can help you out in the best way possible. So, again, that's Facebook. That's Instagram. um, Asha Salon Spa um, in Chicago. And look me up.
1: Yay, I'll put all that information and stuff in the bottom. So if y'all want want to know about it, definitely go down there and click those links and be able to get in contact with Matthew. As y'all see, my hair always be done on Instagram. So that's who do my hair. Trust me, I can't do this on my own. <laughs> so, you know, if y'all like what, what he does to my hair. And also my best friend, Dexter, he also dyed his hair and changed it and cut it up and stuff. It look, He looked like a man. <laughs> and some more of our other friends, he's done his, their hair too. So, you know, Matthew is amazing at what he does. And if like he said, if he's not for you, he will help you find somebody who's going to get you together. So, but anyway, I will put those descriptions, not descriptions. I will put that information in the description, in the details of the show. Matthew, I love you. Thank you so much for doing this.
3: I love you more than words. And I am more than honored to have been here today. So thank you so much for the opportunity.
1: Thank you. And shout out to Mab. I love you too so much.
3: Yes, Mav is so late for not being here. I wanted to talk to him. I, you know, I love my math so much. But there will be another
2: time, I'm sure.
1: Yes, definitely. So we're going to get up out of here. Thank y'all so much. Um, Check out uh, Matthew's information in the description. And we will see y'all in another episode of Black
2: to the Future. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you all so much for
1: tuning in to Black to the Future. Yes, thank you for joining us. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black to the Future Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Black to
0: the Future Podcast as well. Share the content and please leave positive reviews.
1: Yeah, hola. (laughs) And we will see y'all in the future. Don't you mean Black to the Future? Oh, I guess you're right. We'll see y'all black Black to the the future. future.